You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chris. This show is about our marriage, our money, and the stuff that matters. Hey, yo. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. This is how we're spending our Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. <laughs> it is lovely. There are flowers on the table. Yeah, we have some flowers. It's festive. On this episode, we're taking a deep dive into the topic of food. We'll talk all about how we eat and how that affects our budget. But first, let's catch up on life lately. Yay. Let's talk about today. Today was fun. Yes. Uh, last night was really fun because after the boys went to bed, we decorated their little breakfast table mm-hmm. with hearts that you cut out. You made them little felt airplane. Mm-hmm. And then we planned out what we were going to do this morning for them. So we're trying to actually make Valentine's Day a, a more festive type of thing for like the family. Because normally yeah. you celebrate it with a boyfriend, girlfriend, but you know, we're doing yeah. it for the family. Yeah. And I think a lot of people with young kids kind of do that. That's what, do they? Oh, okay. Well, that's what... Uh, my dad at least did that for our family. And I guess I'm just seeing around Instagram. It seems like people putting out little things for their kids and stuff, but yeah, it's so fun to make the holidays fun for kids. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. just a couple little things. Um, I don't know. It's just so fun to celebrate the seasons in that way that you don't have to do a lot of planning. You don't have to spend a lot of money, but they get really excited about it. Yeah. So we made the decorations and then in the morning when they got up, I made them, uh, we were gonna make we were gonna make pink heart shaped pancakes. I don't remember the heart shape. I think you just came up with that along the way. Isn't that why you bought the heart shaped? Uh, no, that those cutters? were for those little pies that I made for the oh, party I that I went to. I see. Well, I was planning on making heart shaped pancakes, <laughs> uh, but it was too hard to make them into hearts. And <laughs> also, when I mixed in this, we have this um, like a berry syrup that you eat yeah. on pancakes, which is kind of like a red pink yeah. color. And I mixed it in and it just kind of turned brown. So yeah, they had we, brown we, blob pancakes instead of <laughs> pink heart-shaped pancakes. They were so good, though. But they were delicious, yeah. They were so good. I would I would make them again that exact way. Mm-hmm. They were so good. And I opened up the fridge to get ingredients out, and there was my little gift, a nice Aww. card from you, and a protein beverage, <laughs> yep. and dark chocolate peanut butter cups. Yep. I thought you would like it. And you sewed me a Valentine, which is so Mm -hmm. cool. I Mm -hmm. loved it. I (laughs) never would have expected that. It was so, so cool. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. I feel like I want to have it out. It's a little bit too thick to use as a bookmark. Yeah, yeah. It's Well, it's actually, so it's a a sewn postcard. Oh, a sewn postcard. So it's a four by six postcard. Yeah. That's, did you not, did you notice on the back how I had it like postcard Oh lines? yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess I didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So that's why you, it's to you and then yeah. here, there, anywhere that's, Aww. you know. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so it's a sewn postcard and it's on like a stabilizing piece of fabric and then, um, there's batting in there and then I kind of sewed it so that it's got some texture to it. Yeah. And it's got, it was sort of a holiday mashup because it's two zombies <laughs> and the male zombie has pulled his heart out and is giving it to the female zombie, but <laughs> Like cartoon, not like graphic right. gross. Um, anyway, so yeah, so I made that for that you. That was fun. very sweet. I fun love project. it. We had a very lovely Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And now we're mm-hmm. capping it off with, well, with cupcakes that you made us mm-hmm. and recording a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get into our budget deep dive on the topic of food. 
So uh, we get a lot of questions about food, yeah. and we think a lot about food in this house. Mm-hmm. I'm a nutrition professor, so I think a lot about food, not only in the house, but all day long for my profession as well. <laughs> and so we have a lot to say on the matter, but yeah. it ends up being a key aspect of our budget, obviously, because people spend a lot of money on mm-hmm. food and, and we entertain around it and all of that stuff. So we thought we would and talk. And I think it's also, we talk a lot about defining your values and then living your values and how we eat is part of our values, both like what we choose to eat, but then also part of, you know, definitely our budget and like trying to live a more kind of frugal lifestyle. So yeah. I'd say that as well. Yeah, that's true. And also, um, in previous episodes, just recent episodes, we've talked about how much we were spending on food mm-hmm. and it had been slowly ticking up over the past right. year or two. And I've been, I've been thinking, you know, mainly that's just due to, to two growing boys who right. are eating more just and more food. inevitable. Yeah. And wasting food along the way and these sorts of things. But really, I think we just stopped being, or maybe we just weren't being as strategic as we could be. Mm-hmm. And so... When we uh, when we did our budget review, we identified food as an area we could possibly improve. Yeah. And starting this year, we've kicked ass. Mm-hmm. We have totally gone at it. And in January, we met our budget limit, which is about eight hundred fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and this month will be well under budget. And I'm thinking we're now going to be able to reduce our total amount. Anyway, so we can talk about okay how well, we're spending, but we can also talk about why we eat what we eat. Right. So let's start there with how we eat and kind of what we eat. And then we'll talk about what that means when we do our grocery shopping and how we spend. Mm -hmm. So we eat uh, a vegetarian diet. Now they're kind of, when you say vegetarian, that can mean different things to different people. So um, we are like I don't know, the the technical term would be lacto-ovo vegetarian because we do eat dairy and we do eat eggs. Um, and we also sometimes eat fish. I would say that's a, a small part. I don't know. We'll kind of go through phases where we're eating more tuna or more salmon. Yeah. Um, it's not like a typical... Well, I was going to say it wasn't a typical dinner. We've been eating some salmon patties. Anyway, so then you might call us pescatarian. So um, whatever you call it, we do not eat meat except for some fish. Yeah. So so those who are label purists would be like, no, you're just straight up pescatarian. Okay. They're probably right, but... The way I usually say it is we're mainly vegetarian mm-hmm. in that we'll we'll get a can of tuna or two here and there, but it's not like a necessary thing every week. Mm-hmm. And we're eating more salmon patties right now because our parents, uh, my parents got us a, a bag of salmon patties from Costco, yeah. but that's also not like a consistent, we have it around all the time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So our total servings of fish across the month are just like a, a handful per mm-hmm. person. So yeah, we're pescatarian, but... Um, Pescatarian leaning vegetarian. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a fan of of the labels. It, it's it's also very confusing. But and it doesn't matter. It, I mean, it does. It depends on what your motivations are. You know, I mean, like if you're all about animal welfare, yeah, then obviously it'll matter. And I guess um, I do. I mean, I do like identifying myself as a vegetarian. I mean, I don't go around like proselytizing it and mm-hmm. telling anyone. Yeah. Um, I guess, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would guess it, I feel like it is an important part of my identity. Yeah. Something that I've thought a lot about and continue to want to practice. And, and I think we're probably on the same, you know, plane and, or t- we have the same idea about this in that we, we eat vegetarian and dabble in 
pescatarianism because we're trying to balance our overall impact on the food system and the environment Mm -hmm. and also bringing in animal ethics concerns. Mm -hmm. But that may be, at least for me, it's a little bit less important than the environmental impact, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm mainly vegetarian, but Mm -hmm. I'll dabble in the pescatarian a bit. Um, So I think that's, I don't know. Do you you feel that same way? Hmm. Um, I guess I'm not sure if I would necessarily rank the environment higher than animal welfare. Although um, I will say that, you know, we do eat dairy, we Mm -hmm. eat yogurt and cheese. Mm -hmm. We do get almond milk. We don't get um, cow's milk, but dairy cows are not treated well and, and they don't always live a great life. And so in terms of animal welfare, I do feel like that is kind of a for me personally, I sort of feel like it's a hypocrisy to say, you know, I care so much about animal welfare and yet I still am eating dairy. So so that's something that I'm aware of. mm -hmm. um, And it just is kind of a hypocrisy that I don't know, not that I've accepted, but I'm aware of and I'm not changing my behavior at this time. See, I just like, I just accept that my life is just a a mess of conflict (laughs) at all times. And I'm totally, I'm actually okay with the uh, I don't. I feel no cognitive dissonance when it comes to the animal welfare issue. Knowing that we do things that are that result in poor treatment of animals in mm-hmm. some cases, because the overall poor treatment of animals is significantly less based on the amount of animal foods that we consume compared to say right. the average American. So in the same way that I'm, I, the greatest step a consumer can take is to reduce their meat consumption for the environment. You know, even if you're eating some meat, but you're not eating as much like a ton of meat, that's still better for the environment overall, like principally speaking. I kind of feel the same way with animal welfare. Mm -hmm. And this is where I think, you know, purists would argue with me that, Mm -hmm. no, if you're eating any animals or Mm -hmm. consuming any animal foods, you're Mm -hmm. causing harm. Right. But I feel like I'm causing less harm, Mm -hmm. you know, by having reduced the amount of animal-based foods that we consume. Yeah. So I kind of look at it in terms of degrees Mm -hmm. and I'm okay with it, or at least I... Yeah, I think I think that it. there is a lot of nuance in it, and I don't think yeah. it's an easy to be just cut and dry. And it does really depend on on your values and kind of depending on what your values are. I mean, I think about this a lot too because um, there are many like vegetarian meat alternatives, and we do buy some of those mm-hmm. routinely. Some of those are highly processed, mm-hmm. um, and I guess I'm not, I can't remember, but. Are are those ever as much impact on the environment, or like use as much water or things like that as some as some meats, or or like yeah. have as many like emissions and things like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. It's not there's not a ton of research, but uh, so one PhD student I've worked with at ASU did a life cycle assessment of soy protein isolates. So mm-hmm. that's the the protein that's in a lot of you know meat replacement type things, and those pretty much fall just under beef in terms of overall mm. environmental impact mm-hmm. in terms of water use, chemicals used, and then emissions yeah. and everything. So it's it's just like, right. essentially just like eating meat. Yeah, from in, ter- the, from in an terms of the environmental impact. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's, it is just interesting. There's just kind of many kind of conclusions that you can end up at depending on what your values are, what's most important for you. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay, um, let's get into a few, just like some typical meals like that we might eat. So what about, what do we eat for breakfast? You know, so breakfast is dictated a bit by the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm usually making breakfast for most of us, if not uh, yeah. all of us. Yeah. But um, 
it'll be kind of a rotation. So we do Raisin Bran and Cheerios and granola for mm-hmm. cereal-based breakfast. Mm-hmm. We'll do um, egg burritos sometimes yeah. for the kids. Sometimes we'll do pancakes with whole wheat flour. Mm-hmm. Uh, rarely we'll do like yogurt with granola on top and fruit, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, am I missing anything? That's kind of our rotation. Um, did you already say instant oatmeal? Oh, yeah. That's a big one. Packets of instant oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah. Instant oatmeal. Oatmeal's a big one. Sometimes it's, bagel. Mm-hmm, sometimes bagels. Like we do a whole wheat bagel. Um, yeah. Anyway, I like to do sometimes um, scrambled eggs that I've scrambled with cooked quinoa. Oh, yeah. That's and they delicious. like that. We should mm-hmm. probably do that for them a little bit more. Um, yeah. So anyway, we keep it simple. Um, and I will say that for our kids, we've just never bought any cereal that's um, directly marketed or like made for kids. Mm-hmm. We just always have been like... Um, you know, here's what we have, raisin bran, um, some different stuff. The we do get the multigrain Cheerios. We didn't buy those before kids. It kind of started as a little like finger food for Cedric. Yeah. And then we've kept that around. So I guess that's yeah. kind of a kids one, but that's actually a less preferred cereal. They like raisin bran or granola huh. over over yeah. Cheerios. Maybe we should stop buying that one then. It's yeah. kind of a holdover. Yeah, that's true. It's um it's interesting though. So there was some research done at the Rudd Center where I used to work as a postdoc. Mm-hmm. That showed, so kids will just as easily accept adult, quote unquote, adult cereals that are usually higher in fiber and protein and lower in sugar and sodium and things like that, com- uh, compared to children's cereals. And parents are always like, how is that possible? When I give my kid a children's cereal, they'll eat way more. That's true, but that's also a problem. So what the papers, uh, the couple of the papers they published also showed was that kids will overconsume. They eat way more than the appropriate mm-hmm. serving size with kids' cereals. Mm. So they will accept an adult cereal. They'll eat less of it, but it probably ends up being the appropriate portion. Mm. So yeah, the whole, the whole, every, you know, kids' cereals are just a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So what about for lunch? Well, we both have written about this on our blogs for yeah. us anyway. The, uh, the work salad is the work salad, the work salad, the worker salad, <laughs> the worker salad, <laughs> Um, is the like staple. Yeah. Preferred choice. We kind of got on that kick a couple years ago and now I just love taking a salad for work. You, um, you perfected the salad architecture. Oh, I really did. I really did. I Which, think maybe, I think maybe we've talked about this before, but anyway, just like in our, we have like, um, glass reusable containers and we do, we pour the dressing on the bottom and then do the veggies for the salad, then do the lettuce and then on top put like feta cheese and some nuts so that it all stays separated and nice and crisp until you want to eat it. And then you shake it around vigorously mm-hmm. in your lunch, um, in your office kitchen and get it all dressed and it is delicious. And so I like to include some kind of protein in there, whether it's tuna, a hard boiled egg or like um, a grain like wheat berries or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. That's kind or of... quinoa. Yeah. Um, anyway, and I just feel like since I started doing that, I just, I mean, I definitely like increased my vegetable consumption by 50 to 100% a day. I oh, mean, yeah. just yeah, because totally. we're vegetarian doesn't mean we always are rock stars at eating all the vegetables we should be. And mm-hmm. I just feel like now that is an awesome way that every day I'm eating like four cups of vegetables and yeah. nuts and just like really good stuff. Yeah. And we're pr- currently participating in a CSA. So a lot of those vegetables are making uh-huh. it into our salads. It's yeah. awesome. Uh, and then for the boys, uh, I don't know, it's lots of random stuff like leftovers that we do from dinner, cheese, crackers, yogurt, um, 
yeah. ho- homemade kind of some homemade snacks. Like sometimes do like a homemade kind of granola bar situation. I guess I'm well. I'm, I guess I usually end up making their lunches like mm-hmm. morning of or, or evening before. And the way I approach their lunches is I just think of the five food groups. Okay. Every time I just yeah. I just make sure that there's fruit, vegetable, dairy, whole grain, and some protein, mm-hmm. which usually a dairy and grain are. Yeah. Also capture that. Mm-hmm. And so we'll chop up fresh fruits like we've been doing kiwi recently because yeah, it's been they love fresh kiwi. and available or apple. Cedric always gets a banana, dashes mm-hmm. opposed to bananas these days for some reason. <laughs> they'll get yogurt. They'll get cottage cheese. There's like the dairy types of things in there. Yeah. And then, yeah, crackers and things. I'll often do um, whole grain crackers with uh, sun butter because mm-hmm. we can't bring peanut butter because right. of allergy issues. So that's a that's a hit. So mm-hmm. things like that, things that are – so they their meals end up being – Actually, well, entirely vegetarian. They rarely, they don't usually ever eat any fish. So they're actually pretty much. Yeah, they just, they just haven't been super into fish. A little bit into tuna. We should try that again. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we'll send um, the veggie sausages, like the veggie breakfast sausages have Mm -hmm. been pretty popular with them. So we'll usually send those with one of them for some extra Mm -hmm. um, protein. Okay. What about um, dinners? (sighs) Dinners. This is actually one of the places I feel like we've innovated in, <laughs> into the new year to bring yes. down the costs. Um, I mean, we do a, a ton of stuff for dinner. I mean, we, we cook mm-hmm. every single night. Yep. We almost never go out to eat. But uh, it is like we're not cooking like from a recipe where we cook healthy dinners and we do cook, but they're pretty quick and they're just things that we can whip up. And so I yeah. think, um, and I feel like, kind of our new thing with our grocery shopping that we'll kind of get into next is that we just have kind of our standard dinners and we just pretty much rotate through those. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they're ingredients that can be used in many different ways. And so I think that that helps our grocery budget. And honestly, right now, this is just what works for us with having Two little boys who are, you know, typically picky as this age can be um, with two full-time working parents working out of the house. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, I just wrote down some of the things that we've been having a lot lately. Um, quiche mm-hmm. um, is pretty standard and we can fit some veggies in there. Beans and rice. Mm-hmm. A tofu stir fry, which the boys usually won't eat, but will offer. Um, salmon burgers, like we mentioned, with maybe some like sautéed veggies or brown rice on the side. Homemade pizza is mm-hmm. usually a every week or every other week. And quesadillas of mm-hmm. different kinds that have beans or lentils, sometimes just cheese or sometimes um, like sweet potato or, you know, you can throw a lot of different stuff in a quesadilla. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that captures... a most of our rotation i would say yeah so so really simple like not super exciting but but good and and pretty healthy in each of those cases oh and pastas things like that too oh yeah sometimes the pasta and i feel like in each of those cases most of the food groups are captured in the one meal yeah too like the one right dish one dish right right so that often our meals are not like there's the main and then like two three sides it's usually like a main right Probably a side. And for the <laughs> for the boys, we'll kind of create a side by doing some cut up fruit or, yeah. you know, kind of something on the side, especially if we're not sure if they're going to like what we're having. We'll try to offer a couple of other little things, too. But we're lucky that Dash loves broccoli. Oh, so far. He's been loving broccoli and carrots, which mm-hmm. that is just such a revelation because... Neither of them has just been big vegetable eaters at all. I know some no. some kids just are and love it. I feel like it's been something that we've just had to be very patient and continue to offer. And yeah, it's In awesome. fact, I think the only vegetable Cedric will eat knowingly is corn on the cob. 
Oh. He'll eat spinach and stuff because that goes in the quiche and that kind of thing. But right. uh, yeah, like uh, otherwise, I don't know that he's eaten just a straight up vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh boy. Okay. So let's talk about our groceries and mm-hmm. how, how we eat um, affects our groceries. Well, so we shop at Trader Joe's and... And we go grocery shopping once a week. Yeah, pretty much every either Friday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like when, when we walk in there, we don't necessarily have general rules. When we go for fruit, I do try to, aside from bananas, I do try to get organic fruit mm-hmm. when it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, like berries and grapes. Yeah. I try to, I guess I think about the things that are like thinner skinned mm-hmm. that like pesticides would seep into. I know that there are the, I don't know. Dirty dozen. Dirty dozen or whatever that are mm-hmm. the ones that are like most likely to have pesticides and things in them. Yeah, I just, I think I'm the same. I try to mostly go organic, um, but I don't really worry about it too much. At Trader Joe's, there are a lot of organic options. So usually mm-hmm. I'm just grabbing the organic one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So aside from that, I'm trying to think, I don't know that we other otherwise have any, you know, Rules I would we... say, actually, I do feel like we have some other rules and, um, and I think we're just so used to them that maybe we forget, mm-hmm. but always choosing whole wheat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like if there's any kind of bread product yeah. or pasta, we always choose whole wheat. And if there's any other kind of a like snack product that would be some kind of flour based, if it does not use a hundred percent whole wheat, it usually is a turnoff to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we might not buy it, but I'm much less inclined to buy it. Yeah, I would be willing to bet that like 95% of our grain purchases are whole wheat. Yeah, that's something that we, there's just better fiber and fiber and protein. That's trying to get, I'm trying, I'm looking for fiber and protein and I don't want sugar. Yeah. That's yep. kind of like my really basic rule. And those are the, that's, those are awesome rules. Like we, cr- Americans chronically underconsume fiber and I feel mm-hmm. like it's a real problem. And actually Americans chronically overconsume protein mm-hmm. unless you're a vegetarian, in which case you might underconsume. So it's, um, it's, if you're doing a more vegetarian plant-based diet, it's worth looking for protein sources, plant, you know, more mm-hmm. higher protein plant sources. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then fiber in particular. So, and grains are the, one of the best places to get it. Yeah. And then beans, legumes and things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are, the, those are good rules. It's true. Mm-hmm. We follow those. Um, okay. Let's see. So we have been getting an every other week CSA share, mm-hmm. community supported agriculture. So that's where we paid upfront to a local farm. And then we get a nice box of veggies every other week at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of supplementing our produce um, and our grocery shopping trips. Um, let's see. I would also say that just in like in general, kind of how we talked about our that we're having our meals be pretty simple. I just feel like we're in a routine lately and this has helped cut down our grocery bill where we're just buying more healthy ingredients mm-hmm. and not doing so much um, like strict or detailed meal planning. Mm-hmm. Because I do think that sometimes when you pick out a recipe to make, even if it's really healthy, it might call for something that you're only going to use a portion of um, and or like kind of a specialty ingredient, just kind of things like that. And it can just yeah. make your grocery bill go up. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but it just seems like for us, as we've done a little bit less of that right now, um, 
I think that that's helped our budget. And it's just for us, it's also the phase of life that we're in because I would try to plan, you know, for recipes, but just, I don't know, by the time we get home or, or I would say, okay, like we're going to do this meal on Tuesday. If it doesn't work, then you put it off, put it off suddenly. Like your produce is then old. I don't know. It just, it wasn't working for our life right now. Yeah. It, it will again one day. Cause I do kind of miss that, but it's mm-hmm. not the season of life we're in right now. Yeah. And I'll enjoy it when we get back to it. But I actually, I kind of love how we eat now. And just the, simple. Just, yeah. Just because we are super time crunched when we get home from, from work and mm-hmm. school, because we basically have an hour mm-hmm. to deal with mm-hmm. uh, everything from settling in, eating all the way through to baths and bedtime mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Um, but we still cook every single night. Yeah. And I just feel like that's aside. I don't care what we eat that we're cooking mm-hmm. and it's healthy ingredients that and go into it. And we're sitting down at the table yeah, together. That's it. really that's nice. That's all that matters. So I don't even care what the actual meal tastes like <laughs> <laughs> in the end. That Just that we accomplish those things is, uh. <laughs> is key to me. But yeah, to your point though, I think that makes that it's becoming obvious how we're using that that ingredients that... That makes an that, impact. Well, yeah, and, and that we're using ingredients that are used in multiple different ways and that we're not buying like individual spices and things for individual recipes because we've been noticing both our refrigerator and our pantry each week is actually getting thinned out. Mm -hmm. Whereas last year when we were just sort of buying Mm -hmm. in the way that we used to buy, you know, things would be filled up and especially our pantry would be filled with like, you know, there'd be like four different bags of half eaten chips. And it's like, how did that happen? But yet it happens. But now we're much more intentional and we're using things much better. I do think that when there's a little bit more time for some meal planning, I would love to do some meal planning where I plan for like two recipes in a week that are going to use similar ingredients. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I think you can be really smart about it and still be using things up and be economical. Mm -hmm. Um, But you kind of just have to be like really intentional. And it just kind of feels like at this point, it's sort of like you can't guarantee what you're going to have for dinner on any one night. So you just need things that are going to be super flexible and kind of things that you can either make them on Monday night or on Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's talk about specifics on our grocery bill. Yeah. So last year we covered this when we did a review of Mm -hmm. our 2016 review. Mm -hmm. And um, we were spending a lot on groceries. We actually averaged over what we budgeted. And so we were budgeting... I think we started the year at 800, then we bumped it up to 850. None of it mattered. We averaged 900 a <laughs> oh, month. Wow. Um, all the way through the year, which is really unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> and we recognized that. And so we became more intentional. So January, um, we spent $850. So right up to where our budget currently sits. Mm-hmm. And then this month it is Val- Valentine's Day. So we're halfway through the month mm-hmm. and we've spent, including the weekly cost of the CSA, even though we paid that up front. Mm-hmm. So I'm just adding the weekly cost of it. We spent $315 on groceries in total. Nice. Um, and so that will end up being, it, it's a bit of a shorter month, yeah. you know, by a few days, but it's, we're going to come in under $700. Hmm. And so we have in the span of two months shaved 200, $150 to, to $200 off mm-hmm. of our grocery bill, mm-hmm. you know, and we're almost two months into the year. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to drop our grocery budget, I think. Oh, wow. Um, maybe I'll give it one more month just to make sure. Yeah. Because I will say what we haven't had, I think, is host is having anyone over to dinner. But or we did. We did? Yeah. I think it was in January, but we had our neighbors over. Oh, and yeah. And so we had a, a right. four-adult 
four child, Kid. so eight person meal. That's right. But that was one of the points I was going to make and how are we doing this differently oh, okay. is that when we, I mean, we only have one instance, but we were intentional about doing something that was cheap mm-hmm. and also healthy. So we did it, you know, it's just straight mm-hmm. up pasta with meatballs, Yeah. but you can make volumes ve- of that with food. With veggie meatballs. There's some really good frozen veggie meatballs yeah. at Trader Joe's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> Not and to confuse fa- our listeners. Yeah. And it is really important to me that when we have people over to our house, like I want to serve a really good meal. Like that is something that I just like really love to do is mm-hmm. I love to cook. I love to serve people really great food when they come to our house. Um, but we have discovered that just there is a pasta sauce at Trader Joe's that is just so, so good. It really almost tastes like homemade. Mm-hmm. So we did that with um, whole wheat noodles and these veggie meatballs. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was a side or something. Probably sometimes broccoli or something. On the yeah, side. sometimes we'll do like a veggie side. And yeah, very economical, but but really good. Like a meal that I would be thrilled to have at somebody else's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we did that cheaply and I think we'll... Now, just being intentional about that, I think we can yeah, moderate that so. cost when it comes up. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, so we're doing extremely well in overall costs. And that's why I think one of the strategies that's going to be helping. Um, but you've mentioned a couple of the others that are reducing the cost, which mm-hmm. is buying ingredients that could be used in lots of different ways. Yeah. Um, and then I think making dinners that end up working for lunch, sometimes even breakfast, like mm-hmm. a quiche, for example, we were yeah. doing lots of quiches mm-hmm. and that will last us that, that basically is like three meals for the whole family mm-hmm. almost. Um, we've also been insourcing snacks mm-hmm. the past few weeks. And yep. so we've been making homemade granola bars and homemade energy balls. Um, I have a, which are, what's an energy ball. So energy balls, the recipe I use is from never homemaker. Mm-hmm. It's a blog that you can look this up. It's um, I think she, she has dates as a base, but I use apricots. Yeah. I love that. It's not, sometimes dates can be almost overly sweet and yeah. the apricots just kind of mellow it out. So yeah. dried apricots. Yeah. So throw a handful of those in there and you food process it and then adding in. We um, use sun butter, oatmeal, sun butter, oatmeal, cocoa powder, one or two other things. Yeah. And, um, and it just makes a sticky, awesome mess, and you roll it into balls, mm-hmm. throw it in the fridge, and then it actually makes for a nice portion-controlled mm-hmm. dessert, but healthy kind of snack mm-hmm. actually for the kids in their in their lunches, mm-hmm. and for us in our lunches. Yeah, yeah. So we've been doing things like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and that was kind of something where we recognized we were buying some more of those like um, processed kind of snacky crackers kind of things to round out the boys' lunches, and. Those are, I mean, not terribly expensive, but another item to add to the grocery list. And I think also uh, none of them were like super healthy. I mean, they're not terrible, but they're sort of just neutral. They're not really adding anything, Um, but they don't really love any of them. There's like some cheese sandwich crackers that Cedric loves, but Mm -hmm. those I'd prefer not to buy too many of those that does feel a little unhealthy to mm-hmm. me um so even there we, we haven't been buying those much and instead right. of doing the peanut or the yeah, sun butter yeah. cracker right exactly yeah. so yeah we were just kind of kind of recognize that we're buying these things but they don't really love them you know like yeah. and, and they're kind of sitting half eaten in the cabinet so let's just make some stuff that they might actually like and kind of save some money in the meantime yeah so that has been working really well mm-hmm. another thing that we've done is we used to buy individual serving sizes of different types of oh, snacks and right. things like yogurts, for like example. Like yogurt, individual yogurt. And what we've been doing more recently is buying 
for example, with yogurt, two tubs. Right. Two um, of the larger ones. Yeah. That will last us usually the week, the sometimes week. more, um, that supplies us yogurts and our lunches or snacks. And then the mm-hmm. kids, the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so that saves each of these things is not saving a ton of money, but you know, three, $4 here and there, it's a little up bit. To, you know, 20, 30 bucks I do for like, a trip. I do like the bigger yogurts that it's less packaging too. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about eating out? Cause a lot of people will have maybe a lower grocery. I've encountered this sometimes where someone has a lower grocery budget than we do, but then they have a much higher eating out budget. Yeah. Kind of because that is something that some people do routinely. So that does make up a significant part of their kind of food for the month. In fact, that's the most common thing. I'm I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but Americans now spend more money on eating food away from the home than they do for in-home consumption. Really? So for the first time ever, are there last numbers year, on how often? I'm sure there are numbers, but do yeah. you remember how often, like how many meals per week people are eating out? Oh, that's a good question. Dinners, I'm having a hard time remembering. I think uh, lunches, the averages, I think uh, maybe it's two times a week um, for lunch, and so dinner is probably at least that. Hmm. Uh, and so Americans, if, but lunch, I don't know why I know lunch, but um, lunches, I think it's two times a week, and Americans on average spend ten dollars per instance out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the first time ever. We're spending slightly more money on eating away from the home. And that's bad for all kinds of reasons because obviously we spend way more money on food when we're out. Right. It produces phenomenal amounts of food waste and food packaging waste, uh-huh. way more than what you do in, in mm. you know in your own home. And the food that we eat out is usually way less healthy for us and yeah. much more calorie dense than mm. the food that we eat at home. So mm. basically for every reason, it's mm-hmm. good not to overindulge mm-hmm. <laughs> in eating out. Not that it's a you know a bad thing inherently. But not to have it be an a frequent habit. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's one of those things I think we would, I'm sure that we would eat out more Mm -hmm. if we didn't have kids, but Mm. it's not something we really value a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, a little bit more. I've always loved to bring my lunch, so I wouldn't mm -hmm. eat out lunch anymore. Yeah. Not lunch necessarily, but if we were going to go out for dinner or something, yeah, we used to definitely enjoy, I think we love going out for breakfast Yeah, that's true. and we haven't (laughs) been doing that as much just because, um, Yeah, with young kids, I mean, we like going out for breakfast because we like getting coffee and lingering and like reading the paper or whatever. And Mm -hmm. that sort of hasn't been our life for a while. It will be again, but I I do really enjoy going out for breakfast. Um, That's totally true. That hasn't been something we've done a lot. I guess we really didn't ever go out a whole lot for dinner. It usually was like a breakfast thing, wasn't it? That's our thing. Yeah, that's our thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so what basically long story short is that we almost never go out for <laughs> lunch or dinner. <laughs> We're so exciting. <laughs> but that makes for much more fun dinner times at home. And does and it? I think so. Does it? No, I was just <laughs> kidding. I agree. Um, so that's, that's a huge, so huge what's, savings. what's our, what's our budget for eating out every month? Well, so we have our individual entertainment budgets and then we have our combined entertainment budget, which is essentially, become our sort of date night budget and we may have mentioned kind of this date night slash time. family fun budget yeah and so it's 150 for the month mm-hmm. and that yeah includes, we've talked about this yeah, before that it's, includes a babysitter right, or any right. like going out to eat or a date night or anything like that right so we just had uh an evening out with some friends mm-hmm. and i think we spent maybe 40 bucks at the restaurant we were at and then how much do we spend on the Babysitter. Like $75? Yeah, so there you go. Like 115 bucks. <laughs> there you go. We're done. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, one night a month. That's, that's yes. what we allow ourselves. Yeah. 
Um, but my, my biggest vice all through last year, I spent hundreds and hundreds. It was just ridiculous. <laughs> um, well, I mean, thousands over the course of the year on coffee out and thousands. Like, you well, spent okay, thousands of dollars on coffee. Maybe not thousands, <laughs> hundreds of dollars um, on coffee and like protein bars. Kelsey, and I spent thousands of dollars. <laughs> I spent $35,000. Um, anyway, that was my big thing last yeah. year. This year, I just basically cold turkey just said, I'm not going to do it and anymore. And here's the thing stopped. that is so funny because you recognized this last year and you said, I need to stop multiple times and yet you didn't. Do you know what's happening? Why? I'm drawing strength from you. You are so engaged in the budgeting process oh. now. It's like, because you're you're all about saving money. And I mean, you're always all about it, but it's yeah. just different somehow oh. after our budget meeting in December. And that's just, <laughs> that just made a click. So now I'm just like, oh, I'm, cool. I'm, because now, it's, now it's like, like a team. Just, now it's like a team thing. So it's almost like you have new accountability. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, where it's well, like it's even I, I, we're we're on board together. We're doing this together. Yeah. It's awesome. So I'm all jazzed. Yeah, but I think it's like that. It's like it's like okay, we're doing this together, mm-hmm. and then so you know if you're not like pulling your weight on the team, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Not not even so much, but almost like like I want my teammate to be proud of me, or like I want to you know, do right by this goal that we have set together. Kind yeah. of, it is kind of a fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels all of a sudden like, um, with our combined renewed commitment, actually more the thing for me is our combined renewed commitment makes it feel like we can accomplish our goals even better mm-hmm. um, save even more. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really motivated by that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, and so, yeah. So like last month, I think I spent two thirds of the entertainment amounts that we allotted ourselves. Mm-hmm. And this month up to now, I, I have now ended up spending about $35 of, I've allotted my entertainment budget to be 80. Mm-hmm. And so all of that's been food, but $20 was going out for drinks with my sister. Mm-hmm. And, um, you went another, to the coffee shop. Yeah. I spent some money on coffee at the coffee shop to do work. So sometimes either you or I will go to a coffee yeah. shop to go do that. And then I spent some money at our favorite local restaurant because I felt compelled to support them. <laughs> That's right. And you brought me a cookie back from That's there. That's true. So. Also that. And I was, uh, oh yeah. And I remember when you brought me that, I told you that it meant so much more to me because I knew that you had to spend your own entertainment dollars on it. So <laughs> I knew that that really meant something. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's see. We kind of talked about this a little bit, but what do we absolutely avoid at the store? Um, well, definitely we buy no paper products. Except for toilet paper. Other than toilet paper. And even that we've reduced by using a bidet. Yep. Uh, so that's... Which I will say we use a bidet and then we have flannel cloth wipes. Mm-hmm. So that system combined takes away some uh, need for toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. You don't just get up and walk away no. after using a bidet. <laughs> We also basically don't buy any sugary cereals. Like granola has sugar in it. Raisin Bran has sugar mm-hmm. in it, but it's not like they, ha- a, they have some redeeming qualities. They're not like an overly sugared. They're they're naturally sugar. Granola has probably some. I'm sure some added sugar. The raisin brand we get is just naturally occurring sugars, mm-hmm. and I don't care that much about yeah sugar unless it's like a product. The main purpose of which is to deliver the sugar to right. the child. Yeah. So yeah, we don't buy cereals along those lines, and we definitely don't buy sugary beverages because those are dumb. Oh, whoa! Super dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you might be getting you might be getting some angry emails, but yeah, we don't do any sodas. We just buy 
we buy almond milk and we sometimes buy kefir, like a yeah. yogurt drink. But And the, the kefir, which we really buy rarely, yeah. is the only, I th- I'm pretty sure, the only bottled beverage that we buy. Yeah. Because... We don't buy juice. Yeah. No bottled water. Bottled water. Also super Sometimes I'll buy like a iced tea, like a pre-made brewed tea to have in the summertime. I guess so, but really rarely. I haven't seen that in a while. That was kind of my summer thing. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Um, Let's see. Yeah. And then also there are some things that we, at least I have found myself kind of skimping on recently. Okay. I'm a nutrition professor. I know what the labels mean on food packaging Mm -hmm. and how so many of them are utterly bullshit, especially those related to like, quote unquote, the humane treatment of animals. Animal welfare. Yet I allow myself still, like anyone else, to be kind of pulled in by... Swayed by it because you want to believe it. Yeah, you just want to believe it. And so this rarely affects us because we don't, you know, buy many animal Mm -hmm. food products, but uh, but eggs. Mm -hmm. So I would buy more expensive eggs Mm -hmm. that had, you know, other... we were, bu- we were buying ones that said specifically like organic, cage-free or free-range, I can't remember, mm-hmm. um, like vegetarian feed. And we were also buying one that had added omega-3s, which was because the chickens are fed like a vegetarian feed that has omega-3s in it. So yeah, yeah. the eggs had extra omega-3s. And I was kind of key on that because I wanted... Because we to... don't eat a lot of fish and the boys don't eat right. fish and stuff. right. But in the end, like, it doesn't matter if a chicken is eating vegetarian feed or not. Like, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean anything, um, especially for their welfare. Mm -hmm. Uh, And essentially, almost every single label, unless you see certified humanely raised, Mm -hmm. aside from that, basically every other label related to eggs is baloney. Marketing. Means nothing. Yeah. You know, pasture raised, all that BS. Because there's no certification behind those. The only one is, what did you say? Certified, humanely raised. Yeah, which is like a nonprofit, third party, not government regulation. All the others, there's guidance maybe from USDA on what it should mean, but nobody's going to enforce anything. Um, And so, you know, pasture raised, Mm -hmm. cage free, all that stuff means nothing. They're still probably de beaked. They're still, they may be able to get outside, but it's probably just at like a cement block, Mm -hmm. you know, that's tiny and. You know, all those things. Super depresses me. So here's the thing. There there again, it's degrees, right? So um, we're not eating foods that result in the death of animals, although probably some animal welfare issues for sure. Or at least not the immediate direct death. Right. I mean, if animals aren't living in great conditions, then, you know, yeah. they're not living a good life. They are living a protracted life. For sure. But in aggregate, the demand we place on the animal portion of the food system is minuscule compared to most of the rest of the country. Mm-hmm. And as a result, that's sort of the metric I use to say, I'm not too worried about this. Mm. So uh, as a result, that's a very long story to say that while I was buying, while we were buying more expensive eggs mm-hmm. um, this year in a cost-cutting measure, um, I'm buying now like the dollar fifty two dollars eggs. eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think might still say cage free yeah. and vegetarian feed. <laughs> yeah. But I whatever. think they're white instead of brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh but we do get eggs every other week. This is something I'd be interested in. We get eggs every other week at our CSA. Mm-hmm. And I would be interested in getting more eggs from a local source mm-hmm. just because I feel like in that case these like smaller farms that are around, I know that those chickens are actually getting in 
being let out in a legitimate pasture. <laughs> they are living a good life. They're leading normal chicken lives. Yes. And <laughs> so I actually would be interested in maybe figuring out that to be um, a, a, a more frequent source of our eggs. Yeah, I bet that could be super easily done. Okay. I'd be all about that. Okay. I think we should do that. I would I would feel good about that. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing I might mm-hmm. quickly make mention of, just for people who... Uh, are thinking about the, you know, how they categorize themselves and Mm -hmm. and the things they eat. So for a while we were vegan, we were being Mm -hmm. vegan. Um, but I, I had a realization when I was working with a a local farmer from whom, well, we weren't getting a CSA from him at that point, but he was saying, you know, most of us use fish meal as Mm. additives on our field, Mm. which made me realize if you're really going to look at a full life cycle assessment of even your vegetables, Mm -hmm. your vegetables might not be vegetarian. Because they consumed some fish meal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fish meal is used on fields, especially wow. at the small scale level. So if you're buying local local foods, this goes to show so you like that. Your broccoli can't be certified vegan. <laughs> Seriously. And, you know, anytime you're harvesting things, there are probably some animals who die. There are certainly insects who die. Like there are these practical limits. And so it, it almost necessarily is a matter of degrees. So if mm-hmm. you confront those degrees and determine where you're going to be comfortable falling, mm-hmm. um, it's okay to, to have a little hypocrisy in your life. Okay. All right. Thanks, Chris. The last note that I wanted to say, and we have mentioned this before, but I think just um, it does play into the grocery shopping here. I actually think that shopping at Trader Joe's, um, there maybe are some cheaper options. I don't know. I, I do feel like we've found it to be an affordable place to shop and we are able to buy everything that we need there on a weekly basis. And I actually think that shopping in a smaller place with fewer choice, I love that for many reasons, um, just the the convenience of it and not feeling overwhelmed in the store. But by not shopping at one of the bigger box grocery stores and definitely like at Target or at Costco, there are not all these temptations from mm-hmm. the cosmetics and like all of the beauty items. I would definitely like, even if I did not intend to, I would probably just enjoy wandering down an aisle and then suddenly remembering that I needed, you know, such and such mm-hmm. or the home goods section. I mean, in Costco, you could buy, you know, anything. And I know that there are some things that I think you could get great prices on and buy in bulk and stuff, but it's just when you go specifically to get groceries, but then you're confronted with all these non-grocery items or you're confronted with tons of choice in the grocery items, it yeah. just, it makes you want to buy more. Yeah. Um, and so I, I sometimes get that at Trader Joe's too, because even in a little store, they pack in tons of stuff and there's always like interesting new items and stuff that I want to try. But I do think it's less than I would get at you know a bigger store and stuff and so i actually kind of wonder how much that kind of maybe impacts our budget in a positive way too i'm sure grocery shopping trip trader joe's model is genius we love it because actually any model that reduces choice for the consumer Mm -hmm. even though this country is all about choice in every way is is actually incredibly good consumers love it when choice is taken away Mm -hmm. even though intuitively we don't think that way and trader joe's their model is many fewer choices. That's why they can work in smaller stores. But that means they stock fewer things. They have less excess. Like that, mm-hmm. their turnover of product is so much better. But yeah, on the consumer end, actually, it, people get frustrated by a choice when there's too much of it. It's hard mm-hmm. to know. It's overwhelming. It's paralyzing. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but at the same time, variety, especially like there are a lot of studies on this too, when people are presented with a lot of food, a variety of food, they eat more food overall. And so if you're presented with a variety of products, you probably are likely to buy more products. Um, so having less variety makes it a lot easier to just stay on task mm -hmm. <laughs> and buy the things that we plan to buy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. We are going to keep with this topic, but we're going to move on to tools you can use. And that is how we do our grocery list. This was I, your innovation. Yes, this was my innovation. I'm so proud of it. I did um, write about it on my blog recently, so we'll link to that. But um, And this was actually inspired by my mother, who always has kept who kept her grocery shopping list like this all when I was growing up, but it is done on an Excel spreadsheet where the columns are the aisles essentially like of our grocery store of Trader Joe's. And I filled in our frequently bought items and then left some space in the column so that you can fill in other items that you might need. And so it's really convenient because it already lists all of our frequently bought items. So it kind of helps you make the grocery list kind of to remind you, you know, check these out um, and whatnot. And it's just a system that's working really great for us. Yeah. And now we've got a stack of them and they sit right below our whiteboard mm -hmm. where we keep notes about what we run out of throughout the week. Mm -hmm. And so we can transfer those. And then we think about our dinners and put those ingredients on and we're off to the grocery store. And now we're thinking about updating. So I, um, I've been saving the receipts from our past couple of trips and I actually added up all of our items from this past trip this past weekend and then averaged it out just to see what the cost is. And for an effort, What's the average cost per item? Yeah, and it's just under three bucks. Hmm. So for a standard grocery shopping trip where we don't have something special like buying, say, vitamins for the kids or something mm -hmm. that would artificially jack it up, it's like two eighty per item. Hmm. So for anybody who wants to compare that to their yeah, grocery store. I'd be interested to hear what other grocery stores would end up at. Yeah, but we might consider updating the spreadsheet to include the prices so that we could yes. have an estimate even before we walk in the store yes. of what it's going to cost. And actually, the amazing thing here in Arizona, there is no sales tax on foods. That and might so, be in other places too. I'm sure it is in other states, but I think it's variable. Okay. I'm not sure, but I think it is. Um, anyway, so there's no sales tax on food. And so it's very easy to mm -hmm. know what we're going to spend and mm -hmm. the taxes only come up on like shampoos yeah. or toilet paper or things like that. I think like that. And that was um, when I shared um, this spreadsheet grocery list on my blog. That was something that one of my readers commented that they did. And I was like, that is so smart. So mm. um, anyway, yeah, that's working super well for me. I know there are tons of grocery list apps and like list keeping things and great ways that you can like share it with someone else so that if your spouse or your partner is out, they can have the list too. And you can ask them to go to the store. For us right now, this system is working super well. Mm -hmm. And I personally, I love having a paper list at the store. So I don't have to be getting out my phone and waking it up and all that stuff. So this is working really well for us. And yeah, I'd kind of be interested to add those prices. That would be insightful. Okay, let's move on to one big thing. What's yours? You're giving me a panicked look. Did you remember that this is part of our podcast every time we record? No, I totally forgot. <laughs> okay. Well, I will say mine and you can think of yours. Okay. Do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was chatting with a colleague this morning. Um, we had a little breakfast meeting and we had a chance just to be chatting. And um, 
actually, I think I shared with her that I have a podcast where I talk about personal finances. And she said that that was an interest of hers as well. And that she had recently heard, like read an article and was still thinking about kind of the gist of the article. And I, I don't have the link to the article. I might look around and see if I can find it, but had a very interesting kind of thesis that I've been thinking about. And I'm still kind of turning this over. Um, I'd be interested to hear what you think about it, but it was something basically like this, that when you start valuing yourself, you stop buying things that depreciate. Ooh. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's uh, very interesting. Um, you know, I don't think it I don't think that it means that just because someone wants to buy material things that that means that they don't value themselves. But I it did resonate with me in terms of I do feel like the more we valued saving and not buying things and not having lots of things since we do have kind of a minimal aesthetic around the house, I think that it's kind of like the less I buy, the less I want to buy mm-hmm. and the more I value just kind of the simpler or the free stuff or just the time with family, um, my own writing, creative pursuits and things like that. Um, so I thought that that was very interesting. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I guess that's, we have been beholden to that kind of concept for a while and I've not thought about it in those terms. Mm -hmm. We talk about, you know, valuing the things that we do, but valuing, valuing yourself as opposed to the things around you Mm -hmm. is even a a new spin Mm -hmm. on that idea. And I love it. Yeah. Or even like making our depreciating items, like our car reflect our values. We've kind of talked about that before, like, um, driving just one car, having it be a hybrid, kind of mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's not... I'm trying to think of any things that we own that would you know, somehow add inherent value to you yourself. I mean, one thing I can think of maybe is... This isn't really my one big thing, but I sort of rediscovered my guitar um, this past weekend because I was thinking about selling it because it sits so often unplayed in, in the closet. Mm-hmm. Um but an instrument, when you play it, you're working on a skill. Like mm-hmm. it's, an, it's an item that helps you improve something about yourself and mm-hmm. like your ability to be creative or express yourself. And so those are items I think that could be a value add mm-hmm. versus something that just simply depreciates yeah. because it is valueless. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because that could be something like if someone loves to work on cars, mm-hmm. a car is you know usually a depreciating item. But if that's something that then you enjoy spending time on that or whatever, you know, I think there's a lot of kind of hobbies like that, that might have depreciating things, um, that go with them. But then if it's, you know, supporting hobbies like that, that that's Mm kind of different. Yeah. 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 Anyway, just, just very interesting. It's just kind of kept me thinking. So yeah, that's great. That's great. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking, um, (laughs) that's super, (laughs) Uh, I have no one big thing, so I'm just going to riff off your big thing. Oh, you're okay. going to steal my big thing. <laughs> but now that you've been ridiculing me, I've forgotten. I've <laughs> lost my train of thought. Just look up to the ceiling and you'll probably remember it. Your uh, hair looks great, by the way. Thank you. You've been rocking the rocking the haircuts. Ooh, we should do... Yeah, we should make that a different topic for a different podcast. What's that? I don't know. Just kind of all the... Body the, hair? <laughs> yep. All about body hair. I got a lot to say on that topic. <laughs> Um, anyway, no, just all the stuff that we're kind of doing in home now. 
Yeah. Insourcing. Ooh, insourcing episode. Okay. Do you have a one big thing? <laughs> I did, damn I'm it. I'm trying but to wrap up this episode. I'm I have been tired. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so annoyed by you. <laughs> it's the worst Valentine's Day ever. <laughs> um, thank goodness. <laughs> my brilliant mind was able to return to where I was thinking before. So, fuck, I lost it again. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, 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 Say it really yes. fast. Got it. Okay. So, you were talking, uh, we were mentioning the idea that, that things don't necessarily offer inherent value. Um, but, you know, whenever you buy stuff, there's always like the rush of getting a new thing. Right. The less that we've bought, I think it's, it, at least for me, it's the case that there is like this uh, inverse relationship. Like the less we buy, mm-hmm. the more I enjoy not the rush of buying a new thing, but actually the rush of getting rid of things. Oh, So like the less we buy, the more that the, the rush of excitement of buying things is a thing. Mm-hmm. And the more that getting rid of stuff actually is the exciting I do love getting rid aspect of, stuff. of products. And so I think it's just a, it's a slow evolution, but when it happens, it makes it a lot easier to not buy and instead to get rid of stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very insightful. That's how you expertly steal your partner's one big thing and make it your big thing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dr. Wharton. All right. Let's wrap this up. Happy happy belated Valentine's Day, everyone. (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day, Chris. Happy Valentine's Day. I love you. I love you too. (laughs) Um, You can find the show notes for this episode at loveandmatrimony.com. If you enjoy the show, we would so appreciate you telling a friend telling your spouse, telling your partner, or sharing it on social media. And we just love getting your iTunes reviews. Um, You can keep up with us on Instagram in between shows. Chris is practically awesome. Chris, he posted a picture of the awesome postcard Valentine that he sewed for me. And you can keep up with me. I'm Kels Wharton. And you can send us an email at heymatrimony at gmail.com. And remember to love your honey because it's Valentine's Day. I don't remember what I had for breakfast. I made you your breakfast. Okay, so let's get into our budget deep dive on the topic of food. Yeah, we've had lots of questions. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Remember how I said that you needed to be quiet? Okay.